This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. G'day, how you going? Um, <laughs> doing well. Folks, if you could hear our pre-show banter, um, <laughs> your jaws would drop. <laughs> yeah. The warm-up has been done, so let's just launch straight into this, jump, shall we? Jump All straight right. in. I do want to, while, while I'm feeling saucy, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, more tales of the movie pass. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Movie, movie pass is is basically out there saying, hey, you know what? We're we're doing okay now because people aren't able to go see movies on our movie pass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're profitable again because that one's using our service. <laughs> according to new stats that they've come out with, um, the average person is seeing less than one movie a month. Woohoo! Less on them. than one movie a month. Now, here's the deal. Right. Their initial stats were saying that 80% of their users only saw three movies a month anyway. And that was when they had unlimited ability to go to go use this thing. Mm-hmm. So now they've thrown on heaps and heaps of hurdles to jump through. So of course people are only seeing that. So here's me. I am actively checking the app every day, seeing what movies are actually available for me to go see. And if it's a movie that I actually want to put forth the effort for, then I go see it. I only saw three movies in September. When you were seeing like about 10 when it was unlimited. I was seeing sometimes three a week. Mm. Um, So now I'm like sitting. And and the thing is, is that because they limit what movies you can see each day. And they they determine the, those movies. It's not like you get to pick. It's the, it's these are the, the movies. You know the the they call it six to eight titles that are available. Unfortunately, it includes a lot of indie titles that are only available in like you know four theaters in the entire United States. Um, <laughs> but they're available. Chris. But they're available. Um, and you can you can see any movie you want if you can go to one of their preferred theaters. Unfortunately, a lot of those are bargain theaters. Um, and like I said before, I don't really have, I have some in the area, but it's a good 20, 25 minute drive to, to get to them. So it's not right. convenient necessarily. So putting that in perspective for, for Queensland customers, that's like me driving into the city from North Lakes right. but so, uh, to see a movie. <laughs> and so no. <laughs> so if you take this week's release, okay, which the big releases this week are uh, Venom and A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. On Friday, they let you see A Star is Born. You cannot see Venom until Sunday, and then they'll have a star b- is born back on Monday. But then they also limit what showtimes are available. So it's not just a matter of, oh, today I can go see the movie I want. Then it's a matter of, and can I it's make it to the showtimes? No, I <laughs> wish that they would. The funny thing is, is they're blocking out the late shows. Like I tend to go oh, after my kid has gone to sleep and everything's done with the house or whatever. I'll go to a 10, 1030 p.m. showing. Mm-hmm. Those showings don't wind up being available. I'm like, why aren't you making the show that nobody is going to available? Same thing with if it's a movie that's been out for say three weeks, that should just be available. Mm. You know, the, the, the crunch of people going and seeing it is over. Just make it available. Nope, even those are unlimited. You know, so there's a there's movies that I missed three weeks ago. And throughout the time, like maybe it'll pop up and I just didn't have the time to go to it that day. And now I just can't go see them because they're not offering them anymore. It's really, really bonkers annoying, but I just had to laugh that they're like, success, we've got it to where people aren't using it at all. 
<laughs> I, love, I love that that's the success measure that they're using. It's like people aren't using it, so excellent. Right. So, <laughs> so on that note, um, our local, uh, one of the theater chains in the States is called Regal Theaters, um, mm -hmm. and they were offering a program uh, in conjunction with Lionsgate releasing where if you see, and they tell you these four movies, at the end of, if you see all four movies in theater, then you'll get those for free when they're available digitally. Okay. So I had already seen two of the movies, um, just for the sake of that I actually planned on seeing them. And the fourth movie that doesn't come out until uh, November, I was planning on seeing. So, <laughs> so then there was the middle movie that I needed to go see. Something called Hellfest, for which... I knew it was a horror movie. I had not seen a single trailer for it. I barely knew, other than the fact that it took place in an amusement park, that is all I knew about it. And I'm like, you know what? What the hell? Screw you, movie pass. I'm using you, and I'm gonna get. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna qualify for this other thing. At a spot, I'm just gonna go <laughs> Oh my lord! You know when people sit there and say, "Oh, this is the worst movie I've seen all year," and it's like for some big movie. No, folks. <clears throat> Let's go watch what some of the worst movies of the year are because, <laughs> because they're shockingly bad. Um, right. This thing, it turns out, is basically one of those. Uh, uh, I don't know if you have them in Australia, but we have them all over the states here uh, uh, at all the amusement parks. They basically have these Halloween horror nights kind of things. Uh, not oh, yes. Farm. So they got the yes. mazes, and creatures running around and stuff. That's what this is. It takes place during one of those. And there is some killer killing people if he hears it they say well that's not scary and then he slow stalks them through the park and kills them yay um okay but the the saddest part is for a horror movie very little gore no scares um and it didn't so even not have I'm like i was holding out hope you get to the, i get to that breaking point in a movie where i'm like okay Oh, we've got a half an hour left of this. There's no point in walking out. Let's just ride it out the rest of the wave and see if there's anything positive, right? And if yeah, and yeah, yeah. when you think of a horror movie, what's the one positive that you can hope for at the end of the movie, right? A good twist or that final stinger, you know, yeah, final yeah, yeah. of the movie. You lame, lame, <laughs> lame. I literally, I was the only person in the theater too because again, ten thirty showing on a bad horror movie. Yeah, during the middle no, of the week. It was a private screening for all Did, the wrong reasons. I still out loud had to go, F you. <laughs> it was so terrible. I it want was... this hour and a half back in my life, please. It's not even like, worth being free. Like No, 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 it really wasn't. It was it was all sorts of torture. So um Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Um oh, things well. that are not torture. Hey folks, mm. get, well, guess what releases this week? Mmm, mm, steadiness. A little Zen Williams table action. So I'm sure fact, all of you, while you're listening, it'll be, to... it'll be a couple of days from now, right? Yeah. Well, by the time this podcast drops, um, we should be out, yeah. Tuesday. That's the release day. So <laughs> yeah, folks, I'll pull you're... my finger out and actually get into editing it early. Yes, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> so while you're while you're uh, enjoying some Williams pinball in Zen, why don't you go ahead and uh, well. I guess you'd have to first listen to this and then know to play. But anyway, um, that's happening. We'll have a we'll we'll discuss uh, what the final release like because we have not um, sampled it since uh, Zen pulled the beta. 
Yeah, um, yeah, so it's so. been in a mystery box for two weeks cooking, and we're really anxious to see what's uh, cooked up. So that'll be what next podcast uh, features heavily. Um, just I'll be very find. much looking forward to uh, checking out uh, what Greg from Spacey's does when it comes out, because I reckon he'll do a very nice cabinet exploration on it as well. He does a really good job of those. Yeah, you know, his videos and then our encouragement uh, within our private forum with Zen basically spawned the video that Zen put out, which was the direct comparison of their physics. Yeah, um, which was awesome, right? It's it's all you can ask for because yeah. for as much second guessing as you can do, going, well, that's not real and that's not how it behaves. We've always said it. We don't know what the machines are that are in the studios. And this was the same case with Farsight. We don't know how their machines played. No. It could have played exactly the way that they tuned it. And yeah. you wouldn't know. And so I was really... Yeah, all their machines may have been off their off their feet and basically level. Right. You know, who, who right. knows? <laughs> right. So, so if, if Zen is tuning it to how their tables play, that's good enough for me. If it's yeah. matching what is realistically in their you know facility fabulous and i do got to recommend spacey's video uh specifically regarding that because he did talk about crazy he did screen layovers of showing what the yeah. version versus the pinball version and then put it into super slow motion it was uh, a level of geekdom that i was really excited over yeah <laughs> Hey, you know how we've been asking people to, you know, work out how we can improve our uh, YouTube videos. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I think I think we might be ignoring the obvious here. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's alive. he does his edited, but maybe he knows a thing or two. Yeah. He, um, he later on in the podcast, when we play our interview with uh, with Mike Lindsay from Farsight, um, technical difficulties prevented us from actually playing it live in the video. In, yeah. So you you people on YouTube are going to have the fun of pausing our video, then going and starting up that video, and then coming back to this video. Um, whereas you people in the podcast with video I'll doesn't do matter. It you, basically, yeah, it's going to get dropped. Yeah. In, so. yeah. Podcast still rules over YouTube, but there you go. <laughs> now, until we work it out. But what have you been testing to try and um, uh, get around some of the the production issues that we're having at the moment? You found you got a recommendation from friend of the forum, Jeff, eh? Yeah, that was more for doing live audio drops. And mm. I I downloaded it and I took a stare at it and I went, I'm flummoxed. And so I need to <laughs> have a, I need to have a session with Jeff to get that going on. But unfortunately, that is completely different from this other issue. Or maybe it's all tied in together. I don't know. I'll try and work know. on it next week. We'll see. So we are working on it, but it's it's not as easy as well. It's not so much it's not as easy as we expected. We knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it's it's living up to its expectations, put it that way. <laughs> as a, my, my wife goes, she goes, you know what I would have done? I would have just played the video and sh put the camera on the screen and let it go through that way. And I was like, that's a very analog way of doing things. But then again, it would have gotten the job done. The job done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same old thing that I had with when using, uh, say, Photoshop, where I'm like, if I just had a piece of paper and a pair of scissors, it would take me 30 seconds to cut this out and glue it onto, you know, this background that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Why is it taking me two hours to do this in Photoshop? Yeah. <laughs> there is an easier way. It's just that when you're doing it on your own, trying to figure it out on your own, very difficult. You need that person next to you going, just do this, this, this. Oh, okay. Once I do that. Then and it's done. Good to yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So we're gonna talk. Um, we're gonna talk a lot of VR today because I went over to a friend's house who has an Oculus Rift, um, just so I could experience uh, where what what the state of things are, other than my limited experience up at Farsight with their VR headset. Um, and this is leading up to obviously uh, this last week. Stern Pinball Arcade VR got released. And uh, so that's what we were wanting to talk to Mike Lindsay about. And that's what you'll hear soon. Um, but first, you, sir, Jared, went and experienced a little uh, virtual reality pinball cabinet action. Well, I did, actually. Yeah, it was quite fun. So friend of the show, Wolfson, um, from the Digital Pinball Fans Forum, invited me and uh, generously the whole family over to his place. And because uh, he's got himself a, uh, a tidy little um, virtual pinball cabinet. Um, now, this, this particular one isn't an Arcuda cabinet, but um, it is one that's produced locally here in um, Queensland. In fact, just down the road from where I live, actually, in Deception Bay. And um, this one is, um, it's basically, the, the one that Wolfson has is a, a just, it's a fairly basic model, but it's it's a monitor that's just dropped into the cabinet um doesn't have a, a animated back glass or dmd or any of that so all the dmd action happens on the play field um just like you would see normally on a pinball like a normal game screen like we expect now with zen and and uh, farso if you're just playing on your pc um but it's got a um what this manufacturer has done is they've they've used the pinball x front end system for it and that's like essentially an overlay that lets you select the games and the way it works is there's there's buttons on the front of the cabinet that you use to select and stuff and there's even like left click and right click mouse buttons that are like proper buttons on the cabinet so you can like <laughs> use any of the rough edges of of um the the interface layer and and select things um and it's um it's taking a leaf out of the the arcuda cabinet style with the lockdown bar because the lockdown bar has full main controls on it so two joysticks six button layouts for like all the main emulators in it as well um so you can you can use it as like a proper like steam box and um main emulator and pinball cabinet so it's one of those it, it has the um the dna of of arcuda with the way they were going with using it so it's like a piece of arcade not really arcade equipment, but home arcade all-in-one system, right? That you can use for pretty much everything. And um, Wilson got me over because uh, he invited me over, but he had ulterior motives, you see. No. He, he, needed me, he needed me to come over and help him with a bit of tuning. Oh, so you did a service call. I did. I did actually do a service call, a digital pinball service call. Who would have thought? So he got me over and, um, and he said, yeah, I'm having a bit of trouble getting um, the future pinball uh, tables, which of course, if you're not familiar with um, Future Pinball, there's a there's a, a scene emerging in that particular one for all the Stern pinballs, the modern Sterns, and you can play things like Avengers and Avatar and all these ones that we haven't yet seen come through any of the official licensed digital platforms yet. And he was having a bit of trouble getting that to run smoothly. So remembering what um, Jeff um, was talking about with tuning and where to start with tuning, I was going, oh yeah. I had to do a little bit of this when I was trying to get it to work on the, the service book. So I should be able to muddle my way through this. And we got it working pretty smooth. 
um, you know, it's the classic thing. You got to go into the NVIDIA control panel and just drop everything back, basically, and then oh, start yeah. shooting it up from there. But we didn't have to drop much back. The cabinet, the 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 cabinet that um, Wolfson's got is got a, I think, a NVIDIA ten thirty in it. Um, so it's a relatively powerful card, and the the PC doesn't seem to be um, that sluggish either. Um, I think it's just the way that um, that uh, the future pinball tables are engineered. They're actually quite demanding. Wait, so this is future pinball, not uh, virtual or visual pinball ten. Well, this thing, this overlay, Pinball X, has all tables from all different um, uh, frameworks. So it has the... But the things that were chugging were in Future Pinball. Future Pinball, that's right. So um, okay. Visual Pinball um, was fine. Um, it was playing things quite nicely. There was, uh, I think, a Lord of the Rings um, Visual Pinball table, which was really nicely, working really well, actually, playing really slick. Um, but yeah, it's the it's the future pinball ones that seem to be a bit of uh, performance hog, at least in this particular configuration. Because I know um, that within Visual Pinball Ten, you can play modern sterns. Yeah, I think it's just when you the the pinball X interface, it's quite nice in the way that it's engineered. So you, yeah. you go through and you put up this overlay menu and. You, you step through it and you can sort by category. So you can sort by modern sterns, EMs. It's got really good filtering options. Okay. Um, so you filter on sterns and it'll give you all the sterns, everything from, you know, Flight 2000, um, any any stern table using any pinball, digital pinball framework, including ZenFX2, oh, okay. Pinball Arcade, they're all in one. Okay. And the way they work is the, the overlay essentially is like a menu system. So when you scroll over to the table, um, it has like a video running of the table, not actually, uh, it doesn't actually load the table from start. It's like a, it really is just like a launcher, if okay. you think about it like that. So um, you're scrolling over and you find the table you want, you select it and then you load the table. It's like a two button um, press on the front of the cabinet. And then you get the loading screen and then it starts it up. Now, depending on the table, if it's like a, a virtual pinball, um table or like a future pinball table one of those it will just launch straight into the game but if it's a, a game like fx3 or pinball arcade or one of those what it does is it actually does a a menu transition so you'll load the game and then the machine will take over navigate through the menu system of the game so it'll navigate to the point where the table is and then start the game so you don't have to actually touch anything so you don't like start the game then go oh navigate to this table press okay and then it starts you just hands off and the machine just takes over okay. and does it all for you so it's it's interesting but i noticed that the particular build that they were using had old versions of all of the um well certainly of pimble arcade it was running a the carousel menu um version of um <laughs> of pimble arcade which is quite old now and um sounds like somebody had a hacked version <laughs> yeah potentially it sounds like it might have been one of those uh uh let, let's just let's just say that I, I think the way they're provisioning their machines is from an image so oh, i have a okay. feeling they've imaged the machine and they've just gone well, this is the image snapshot so we can like quickly roll these out right so let, let's just say that they're using an image for deployment purposes <laughs> yeah to, to make it easier <laughs> and, and quickly move on. And <laughs> so it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned with the, with the whole 
like visual pinball 10 and um future pinball because uh recently jeff strong had wanted to get that running on his mm-hmm. computer and one of the other users on digital pinball fans uh loafer was helping him out oh yeah and i'm reading through jeff troubleshooting to get this running and it was like having post-traumatic stress disorder uh, yeah. because I'm just like, this is why I like, I played it. I believe when it was visual pinball seven, like I think I cut the tail end of that. And then I was in visual pinball eight. Yeah. yeah I'd already worked out all those kinks and I had it running and then I didn't play it for many years. And by the time I came back to it, visual pinball nine was in full throws and I tried getting that up and running and Oh my gosh, just banging my head against the wall. And so I commented that on the forum and they're like, no, but it's really easy. We can get you walking through it and everything. And I'm like, it still doesn't like, even if you get the program running, then the other thing that was giving me, you know, hives or right. Was then it was talking about, Oh, well this guy's version of Terminator two is really good visually, but this guy's version of Terminator two, the physics are better. And I'm just like, Oh great. So now you're going to have to have three or four different versions of these tables depending on what you want. That is precisely why, even though it was flawed in comparison in a lot of respects, why I preferred pinball arcade. And this is why baseline set, right? It was consistency, consistent all the way across. um, And it just worked. Yes. Hopefully you have to Um, mess around with it. Except for when occasionally the table would crash. Um, Yeah. But it's the same. You just restart. (laughs) Well, no, some of the tables would automatically Oh, yeah, straight. They were just broken. Um, but this yeah. is why I'm so excited for, for Zen, because, again, I know it's going to be consistent. The physics, the look, the ease of use, it's just there. And you really only need one program on your digital pinball cabinet. Right. And when they get all the tables in there, that's that's all you need. It'll and I mean, and, and truth be told, the only two tables, and I, I kind of mentioned this, the only two tables that I'm really jonesing for uh, within why I would download Visual Pinball is I want NBA Fast Break. I want roller games. Mm. Um, yes, I would like to play the newer Sterns, but I'm also just kind of like patient. I don't know. Mm. I, I'm not. I'm not overly hyped to play them either. So I'd rather just go physically find them because those I can physically find. It's these other tables that I can't physically find anymore. Um, so. Yeah. But it's like, sorry, guys, you're really not going to get me to be a convert because I just, no, it gives me, it's, gives it's me too tease. much trouble. Yeah. And I even like when I was looking into, because I thought, well, well, let's go have a look at this future pinball and see what tables are available for it. Because there seemed to be a fair few on offer in the, um, the version that Wilson had. Um, and I went, okay, well, let's go. Where do I get these tables from? So I went to the um, future pinball site. And then I went, oh, so you can go to the forum and um, download all the tables. So I click on the link and it's an Nginx 404. So <laughs> there you are, blocked right there from actually downloading any tables <laughs> for that platform. So you can probably see why, you know, when these cabinet makers, these, um, you know, hobbyist cabinet makers are actually doing these, they're using some sort of image to provision them because right. you, you don't know when you're going to lose access to these things. So. Yeah. What it did show me, though, is um, playing pinball in a cabinet form like that with decent quality hardware and buttons and stuff like that, 
it really does feel good mm. <laughs> to play pinball like that in a digital cabinet. I, it, it sort of, yeah, uh, you can't deny it, even though this one, th this particular cabinet that Wilson had didn't have a, a digital tilt, um, you know, like a, a accelerometer based tilt. Right. But even without the tilt, like altogether, it, you could tilt it with buttons, but I just didn't even bother to be perfectly honest. Um, I was just flipping away and, and having quite a lot of fun just with regular, regular flipping. But it does go to show that, um, yeah, playing pinball in cabinet form, you can see why there is such a, a grassroots movement with um, virtual pinball cabinets and, you know, the work that, you know. Well, and it's kind of why, I, why I'm bothering to do this. This, uh, I guess people are calling them micro cabs. Yeah. Um, this it's what uh, if you want to look it up online it's it's pin sim um and that's basically what the the card that uh is helping to run the the cabinet mm. out the box without having to to create your own uh board for but like frankenstein a um an xbox 360 controller or something like that you know yeah so but i just want to show you this because this came in the mail the other day i've been buying parts for it um mm -hmm. This here, that's the accelerometer. That little module. <laughs> that little module. Yeah. It's a little tiny, you know, call it one inch by one and a quarter inch flat piece postage of goodness. Stamp. It's a postage stamp with an accelerometer on it. Yeah, basically. and that's what all the parts are, are, like the electronic parts are. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, right. I, I've had a go. Uh, first off, I got to say thank you to Tim. Tim sent me uh, a bunch of buttons, pinball buttons, including a launch button that was pretty rad. Oh, nice. Um, so that'll be uh, being installed. Obviously, I posted uh, up on the uh, block of hate, blah, 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 the blockade pinball.com uh, site the an article about my coin door that I got and the legs that I got, trying to clean them all up, the, the plunger mm. shooter. Um, so it's, it's kind of the, the beginnings of that. But then I went on to Amazon and tried to load Amazon with as many of the components that I need because I can get free shipping. <laughs> right. That's the biggest thing is it's like you go to some of these sites that had the exact same component and it's like, yeah, the component costs, you know, $12 shipping yeah. costs $8. It's like, come on, you know, yeah. um, it becomes very expensive. You're better off just going and doing a bulk order through PBR and getting all the button buttons through there, and just with one amount. Well, no, because PBR has a different type of button. Uh, these are arcade buttons, right? So Not I need arcade buttons, right? I need arcade buttons. I need a joystick. Um, I'm only going to need two pinball flippers, and yeah, that's when I do need to go to Pinball Resource and and order that. But again, you're going to be, be there's going to be a standard shipping rate. It's just going to be, you know, first class postage and it's going to be $10 for the shipping or whatever. And I'm not going to pay that when the flipper buttons are $12 total. Um, no so way. it's going to be one instead it's going to be, well, look, I know that there's parts that I need for my actual machines. Um, so when I do a big order of that, that's when I'll throw that in the meantime, I'm almost thinking of cannibalizing my firepowers uh, flipper buttons, which are, as I just well. looked at them. I, well, and I looked at them. They're nasty. They're going to be needing replacing anyway. Um, I mean, they've got like I don't know they, chips out of them. Yeah, they're they're gross. Um, so, like 
what's the harm in using them? Like you want to, you probably want to have the nicer buttons on your on your cabinet. So, well, yeah, when the time when this? the time comes to order, the buttons themselves aren't that expensive. So no, if you throw them in with a large order, then who cares about the shipping? But if exactly. all you're ordering is that, then that's that's where the issue is. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how quickly this thing, the cost racks up really fast because you look at the big components, you go, oh, yeah, that's this price, that's this price. But then you forget about, oh, you need to buy wire, you need to buy capacitors, you need to buy uh, header pins, you need to buy uh, lumber. <laughs> uh, yeah, you need the, to buy... the lumber is expensive. Even if you get, like, I found when I was doing the bottom of Star Race and replacing the, the bottom of the cabinet, you know, even non-structural ply, it's expensive. Yeah. really yeah. is. So that it's it all kind of is adding up rather quickly. Um, but I'm down to the one of the final things I need to buy um, is the pin sim card. Yeah. And what I was waiting on was because I didn't see any notification that it would handle the L2 R2 triggers. Mm -hmm. And I'd contacted Jeremy Williams, who's the guy that started this whole thing and, and created it. And he was asking if I was actually wanting analog input because apparently somebody else had asked about that because they found a pinball button that was full analog, not a oh, not really? a leaf switch, but it was full analog. Uh, uh, actually, I shouldn't say it's a pinball button; it's an arcade fighter button because I guess Street Fighter, whatever you can do, depending on how hard you push the button, that's how hard the punch is. Oh right, okay. Um, and so I got all excited. I was like, "Oh my god, that would be perfect." I go to the link for where the button is. The button, it was only six bucks a button. I'm like, sweet, yeah. let's try this out. Sign me up. Yeah. Right. I put it into the shipping to just see how much shipping was. $72. No, what? <laughs> I have no clue why, what on earth requires that, but I'm like, thank you. No. <laughs> nope. That's ridiculous. Yes. Stupid price. It's probably coming in a box that's eight times the size of the actual button. Well, itself. part of it is, I guess it, it, it was from this thing called uh, Paradise Arcade or something. I think that was what it is. Anyway, I think they're based in Hawaii. But still, uh, it doesn't cost that much to ship something unless they're like overnighting it. I don't know. Why would you? Uh, no, that's probably it was, a question it was for crazy, another day. So yeah, I, I threw that out the window as an as an option. But it'll be available for somewhere else, like surely. I've looked. <laughs> I and don't know. I don't know where it is. But anyway, um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be coming along. I've got I got a whole box of parts, a whole bunch of arcade buttons, and the joystick uh, shipped to me yesterday. And I've got more parts that are slow boating from Taiwan on their way. Also, mm. <laughs> so uh, that that'll be coming together relatively soon and I'll have another update posted about that. Um, but that gets me into the VR talk. Mm. Um, tell you what, before we go into my experience with VR, why don't we go ahead and let everybody take a listen to my interview with uh, Mike Lindsay from Farsight. And uh, we kind of just have a general discussion about both the Stern Pinball Arcade VR and what's going on at uh, Farsight now. So, Sit back, take a listen. We'll be right back. Okay, joining the show now, friend of the show, Mike Lindsay, up there in Big Bear at uh, Farsight Studios. Hey, what's up, everybody? All right, Mike. So uh, we haven't spoken since uh, June, I think. Um, and you guys have a new product, obviously, that's uh, kind of why we're 
having you here the focus the uh stern pinball arcade vr edition yes on oculus rift you guys have been uh you were working on it when i was up there in june you only had two tables to show me at that point um has that pretty much been what uh, summer has <laughs> been spent doing um yeah we've been working a lot on that we also have some other projects we're working on um that will be announced today in our newsletter oh okay which let's see today today or when this podcast drops today um when today today friday <laughs> see so you can actually announce it because this is yeah. the, the the podcast will be going out on tuesday so yeah, <laughs> side project party arcade is what it's called um it's a lot like our uh, our previous uh game party that we made uh like oh on the wii yeah it's gonna yeah on the wii um okay. it's uh it's gonna be out on nintendo switch um, on the twenty third. And did you have a? Was there another one, or is that just the only one that's being announced? Um, that's the only one that's being announced oh, right okay. now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> with with Spa VR, this is obviously, uh, like you said, for the Oculus Rift. Um, just out of curiosity, is this only ever going to be on Oculus, or is it a six month hold period, and then it'll start kind of showing up on, say, PlayStation VR or is it just exclusive to Rift? Uh, it's exclusive to Rift um, just for now. Um, I'm not exactly sure when the exclusivity will be uh, ending um, because I'm not sure if it's, uh, if it's when we released on the Gear VR when it started or from right now, but I believe it's uh, at least a year, so it'll be a little while. Okay, is the intention though for it to eventually come to like PlayStation VR or will it just so. be for those other mobile headsets? I think so. I think once exclusivity is over, it'd be it'd be good to release it on other platforms. Okay. Um, so, right off the bat, things that are different with uh, with this particular app, other than it be just being in VR, you guys have an entirely new environment, a new UI, uh, and also a new. I don't know. I want to say it's pricing model, but it's a new uh, uh, system system yeah. that's uh, uh in place can you uh kind of go over some of those yeah so it's it's uh it's possible to purchase the tables just like before with real money but we've also added the uh the free-to-play model where you can grind in game to earn tokens to buy gold bars which you can then uh buy pinball tables outright with okay and the if i'm not mistaken the pricing of that it's you need what 50 gold bars and it takes a thousand tokens to buy one gold bar yeah, you need. I think it's forty gold bars to buy a table, okay. and yeah, thousand um, to buy a gold bar, I believe. Now, you start with a predetermined amount of tokens, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, when you first log into the game, it gives you a, a reward for logging in, and then just like other free-to-play games, the consecutive logins per day will increase your earnings of tokens, um, and then you can use those tokens to play the tables. Uh, right then and there. You don't have to purchase the tables to play them. You can just play right. them right out right from the beginning. And then do you earn tokens? You can earn tokens within the game for playing it? Is that correct, too? Yes, you can complete challenges um, and various things inside the game to earn the uh, to earn the tokens. Okay. Um, now, because I have a, fr uh, a friend with the Oculus Rift, and he currently is not able to, like, if he pushes the purchase button, it locks him 
Um, is is the purchase available yet, or is that going to be implemented in a week or so? Um, or what's I wasn't aware that it wasn't working, but it should be working. And I'll and if you know, I'll go mention it to people to make okay. sure. Yeah, so it'll be fixed. Okay, one of those things I wanted to uh, <laughs> to, to clarify right <laughs> off the bat if it's should be available or not. Um, because even on the forum, there's a little bit of confusion about uh, it should be about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, the there's currently eleven tables. Frankenstein being a free table, you can purchase the other ten. Uh, what is not in there is Woe Nelly or Big Buck Hunter. Are those going to be appearing soon? Um, they should be, um, but we don't have any news uh, whether they're going to be released or when they're going to be released. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that was kind of a contradicting statement. But yeah, I think they are going to be released. I just don't know when. All right. Um... Let's talk about the actual experience a little bit. Um, I have very limited uh, VR headset experience. Um, so it's a little tricky for me to to judge what is, let's say, the inherent uh, things that are just within a program and what is just a thing with VR in general. Um, mm -hmm. I know for me, uh, one of the things is I'm, I'm a resolution hog. Right. <laughs> and... I know that with VR in general, you're going to have that screen door effect. Text is going to be rather difficult to read um, often. So those are kind of things that are just, I know the VR folks are used to, something for me is, is not. Um, but one of the things that I was noticing was each time that you uh, step in front of the table, mm. it, you got to kind of adjust your height. <laughs> right. Um, but you have to do it every single time with each table. Is that uh, currently how it how it's going? Yeah, I mean that's how it is now, and uh, um, I guess it, it it might be something that we can add where it remembers where it was last placed. Mm -hmm. um, but it's fairly easy just to you know you get used to how it is, how it works, and you just position your head. Where <laughs> you fairly easy, unless you don't know where the buttons are on the controller you're holding, and oh, then you're right, fumbling right. about because you can't. You don't want to lift up the headset and find that's it. That's, that's one of the funny <laughs> things about um, displaying the VR at yeah. shows, and stuff like that. Is uh, you really have to give people a good rundown of how the controls work before they put the headset on. Yeah, and a lot of people just want to throw it on. And you're like, okay, you're telling them like, oh, this is this is how you set your position. You know, you'll want to move your head around, press a button a few times to see how it works, and then get it where you want it, and stuff like that. And a lot of people will just rush you through and be like, no, nah, no, whatever. I know I have an Oculus or whatever, and they'll put it on, <laughs> and they'll they'll just be screwing everything up. And you're like, all right, all right, take it off real quick. I'm gonna show you. <laughs> Let me it, really show you. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny the first time I, I threw it on, and uh, yeah, I pushed the recentering button, and all of a sudden it pretty much had me standing on top of the table. And yeah. I was like, I'm not that tall. <laughs> Depending on how you have your sensors set up and everything, it'll give you a few different results. Right. The actual, though, experience of viewing the table, I, I do got to say, it's night and day seeing something in full 3D versus being used to seeing it just in the 2D that you've been presented with. Um, I mean, specifically, just all you have to do is throw on Frankenstein. And what that whole back area of the table has always been kind of I don't want to say confusing, but it's been crowded uh, to look at. And suddenly you see it in full three dimension with VR, moving your headset, being able to see all the different angles. And there's so much more space on the table. Yeah. It um, looks very realistic. 
Yeah, no, it, it really does. You guys have uh, captured that. I don't know if it was part of the, the again, how the sensors were set up or whatever. My only gripe was that the slope of the table looked like it was angled down, whereas the glass of the top of the table was perfectly flat. And so it was kind of messing with my head because it looked like the ball was traveling uphill. <laughs> okay. But again, that might have been... Again, using a friend setup, it's not me setting the things up, so I can't really judge what is. <laughs> well, I'll try to think about that next time I throw it on and see if I see that. Well, because I don't think I recall seeing when I was at your studio and played Star Trek. I don't remember that being a thing for me. So, like huh. I said, it might have just been how to right. set up. But that's just one more area of again with with Oculus in general. Um, if you're a visitor to it and throwing it on. There's some setting up that you do need to do to, you know. Yeah. Even from setting how how tall you are. <laughs> it's... Yeah. yeah, there's it. That's the thing is when you have a an Oculus, it's set up specifically to the current user, you know. And then when yeah. you have your friend over and they throw it on, it'll have a little bit of different settings and stuff like that that you might need to uh, adjust. Um. Now the other thing, we were just using a 360 controller because mm -hmm. we couldn't figure out how to make the, and I don't even know what they're they're called. It was those look like the miniature ski poles that you put on. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the game is compatible with that or is yes. fully compatible? Yes. Um, how does, this is purely for my friend's sake. <laughs> is that a setting within the game that you need to turn on and off to make it work? Or is that a setting within Oculus that uh, will make that function within the game? Cause I know well, we did, we were able to fully use it popping in Zen VR. So I know that it worked, huh. there, but yeah, well, I'm not sure what was going on there, but it should just work automatically if you have your controllers paired. Yeah. Triggered, um, make the controllers work right away, and you should be able to to navigate the menus with the uh, with controllers as well. Okay. Um, the other thing was we were playing the beta, so as opposed to right. what has been officially released, so that kind of also <laughs> it, right, right. it's hard to get a to get a sense of of what's going on with that. Um, talk to me about the room environment because. You guys did a a full on room with right. video games off to the side that makes you go, well, why can't I play those too? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, we had a we had an original environment that we were going with, um, and then after a few meetings with Oculus, they wanted to switch it up. So that is one reason why we ended up taking a little longer or a lot longer. Uh, and same with you know we had some UI changes, which ended up really nice with the UI and the whole design with the token system mm -hmm. and XP and all that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a collaboration with Stern and everything to get the, uh, the environment going and all of the animations that we have in there with the robotic arms dropping the tables and all that. Um, so yeah. Does the robotic arm dropping the tables down? Cause that cool. The first couple of times you see it and then you start going, I just want to play the table. But then again, <laughs> is that essentially what the loading time for, as opposed to seeing yeah, a loading screen for the table, the that's basically, so it's kind of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if there was a skip animation, you'd just be sitting there watching a loading bar instead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just because I've, I've heard a couple of people kind of bring that up and I was like, but I don't recall seeing the loading bar. So maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think when I saw the environment back in June, only half the room was built. I think if I tilted my head up, I saw, exposed beams or whatever and, and if i turned around there wasn't the rest of the room um yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of kind of interesting to see that Progress. the 
I'm going to kind of dip into the just the UI in general for Stern Pinball Arcade, not necessarily VR. We okay. have one UI for the Switch, and from what I understand, it's the same UI on the other consoles. Uh, we have this UI now for and completely different room environment for Oculus Rift. And then we have the UI that's been on the PC since day one, and same with on the mobile app. Is at some point these all going to be unified? Because I got to say, the PC app's UI is horrendous. <laughs> it's a pain in the butt to navigate with the. You can't navigate the entire thing with your controller. Half of it you got to use the mouse, half of you can right. use the controller. It, it's a boondoggle. Um, is there some point that you're going to unify all the UIs to, to look the same? Uh, well, that decision hasn't been made yet. Um, it is possible that we we will not be updating the UIs anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, is the sure token right system going to be coming to console, mobile, PC, or is that exclusively going to be with uh, the Rift version? For now, it's just uh, we're going to use the Oculus for a testing ground for it, mm -hmm. um, and then if we we get good feedback, then it's possible we'll move it to the other okay. platform. Okay. Um, is there a reason why Woe Nelly and Big Buck Hunter didn't come into just the regular Stern Pinball Arcade app? Uh, no, I don't think there is a reason right now. No. I'm just curious because a lot of people have suddenly gone, well, is there even a point to the Stern Pinball Arcade app? Um, yeah. Because since there hasn't been much movement on it in since Ghostbusters got yeah, released. That, you know, we have the tables released on Pinball Arcade. Right. And in... We're in a deciding phase right now whether we're going to just continue with Pinball Arcade okay. and just be releasing tables into uh, into that. Okay. Because obviously the advantage of the Stern Pinball Ar Arcade app was that you were doing not emulation but direct source code. Right. Uh, whereas Pinball Arcade, you have to do the emulation version. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, let's talk about then Pinball Arcade app in general. Uh, where are you guys going with this? Um, obviously... The summer happened, <laughs> and uh, and then obviously the the well, let's just we'll get into the other. Uh, but um, obviously, summer has happened, and in that time, yes, we got Will Nelly and Big Buck Hunter. Um, also, you brought in ACDC and Mustang and Ghostbusters, uh, mm -hmm. all, to Star Trek, all that in. Uh, Back originally, you guys had said something like, ah, you're looking at about five table releases a year, which that pretty much means there's your five table releases. Mm. Where, what, is the, what is the game plan for the future of, the, uh, of Pinball Arcade? What kind of tables are you guys looking at putting in? Because I know that there's been requests in the forum of what, what they would like to see uh, going forward. Yeah, well, we're going to continue releasing Stern tables. I can't say what we're going to release, just like sure. always. But we do have some good tables coming um, that I'm really excited about. Some of my favorites. Do you have plans to release any more Gottlieb tables? Yes. Are they by chance EMs? <laughs> um, I really don't know what they are right now. Okay. Because, I mean, honestly, that's what, what a lot of people are requesting now is that they want to see Gottlieb EMs, mm -hmm. early Gottlieb solid states. Uh, they want the rest of the Stern solid states. Uh, obviously, that's like like uh, Flight Two Thousand was that Stern Electronics uh, versions, as well as seeing the modern Stern releases coming out. Um, and it seems like with those Gottliebs, especially with EMs, it'd be the type that you could actually bang out rather quick. Um, 
since they're not toy heavy. <laughs> right. I think that we are going to be doing EMs. Like we we recognize that people really enjoy those, um, and there is a lot to do. Yeah. Um, so I think we will. Has there been any movement uh, with the Capcom front? Nothing that I've heard of. Damn. Um, <laughs> we, we get a lot of... Uh, the, that's the other thing that everybody just goes, oh, we'll just do the Capcom tables. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, that would be really exciting, and I hope we do. Okay. Um, <laughs> I gotta ask, when did you guys hear about the uh, Zen getting the Williams license. Did you hear about it on their announcement day? Did you hear about it a little bit before? I heard about it on their announcement day. On their announcement day. Yeah, and I'm not sure if any of the higher-ups heard it earlier, but um, but yeah, that's when I that's when I and the rest, the rest of the studio heard about it. So what was the mood in the studio? <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was not a very fun news, but uh, but I actually went and downloaded the, um, the demo of it. Beta. Yeah, the Beto, uh, and it was really nice. It was awesome. They're doing a good job. I mean, I always said that, hey, if there was anybody you were going to lose it to, at least it was them and not some startup studio where you go, hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We had the license for a really long time. You so. did. I mean, it had to have been... Well, I mean, if you go back all the way to having it for Pinball Hall of Fame, you're looking at 10 years of, yeah, of carrying that license. Yeah. And, and we kind of said, you know what? You guys were good stewards with the license during that time. Mm -hmm. And had it not been for Farsight acquiring the Williams license, I don't think that anybody would be doing it today. Um, yeah, I think I think it was it was awesome. We got that stuff going and we got it started. We got ourselves into a really hectic schedule with monthly releases. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was a good run. It was really cool and it was a lot of fun and got me really into pinball. Did uh, did you by chance uh, hear our podcast about the speculation of the time frame of things? Mm -mm. Um, <laughs> well, let's break it to you and uh, get your reaction here. One <laughs> of the things we found out uh, back in start of 2016, when it was a possibility that you guys were going to, or what you were trying to do, was buy the license outright for Williams. Yeah, I went from thinking that to finding out that we don't have it anymore. <laughs> right. It turns out that Scientific approached Zen at that exact same time and asked them if they wanted to buy it. And Zen was at that time knee deep in heavy licenses. And they were like, we can't abandon the licenses that we still need to produce for. Right. And so Scientific was like, oh, okay, we'll wait. And then FX3 was essentially designed uh, fully with acquiring the Williams license in mind. So that's how far back it goes. We're talking, we pegged it as they signed the contract in August of 2017. Um, and you guys didn't hear that you lost the license until obviously yeah. what, February or March of 2018. Yeah, it was pretty early this year. So, I mean, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a whole harsh, uh, harsh slap of water. Um, you said that, uh, okay, so you got the, Wii game coming out, or not the Wii game, <laughs> the Switch game coming out. <laughs> I mean, that's so many platforms. I can't like when I'm trying to communicate something to other people in the studio. Right. I'm saying the wrong platform, the wrong game. I can't <laughs> get it right. <laughs> um, so you've got that coming. You've now got the Stern Pinball uh, VR pushed out, so you're no longer in crunch on that necessarily. You're, I'm sure there's right. still tweaks and fixes that you can be working on, but mm -hmm. the the majority of the work is done on that. 
Um, my understanding is uh, you guys are still working with Arcuda on uh, uh, solidifying uh, that software for uh, so they can really just do a boom, here it is, no changes ever again. <laughs> yeah, we're still working with Arcuda. Still working with Arcuda. Um, you have... I know, I know personally of one other game that you're still working on. Um, do you have anything else beyond that that you're still uh, there's on? Uh, there's a few in-house projects that we are uh, prototyping. Um, okay. And uh, we are releasing at the end of the month the Party Arcade game. Okay. Um, yeah, and then we also have some contract stuff that we're doing. And that's okay. what we've, we've always done is we've been a contract developer until we made Pinball Arcade. Yeah, I always said that... that <laughs> that pro that that program kind of caught you guys by surprise. I I yeah, gotta yeah. believe. Had, I don't think you ever thought no successful. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't around when it. Uh, you came in what season? Uh, it was during season one, I believe. Oh, you you've yeah. been there that long? I didn't realize that you've been there that long. Yeah, this is this will be. I'm on my sixth year right now. Almost okay. Um. Um. But yeah, it was it was during season one. I think it was. I remember, I remember Champion Pub coming kind of early, but I think that's season two. Yeah, that's not uh, season one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it was might have been early season two, but it was okay. still it was still pretty early on. It was right when we were starting to pick up, and we had just finished um, the second Kickstarter. Oh, okay. And that's what I was tasked with. I came in, and we had a we had a whole mess with our Kickstarter going on. So that was for that was, Star Trek. Yeah, that was my first task was to like solve the Kickstarter problems. <laughs> and that was rough. It was a it was it was a long um, undertaking there, but it all worked out. Yeah, you you were telling me that uh, with any Kickstarter, you pretty much have to monitor it for what two years after the fact. Yeah, it's about two years of work. Every time we do one of those, it's about two years of work. That yeah, don't do those anymore. Um, <laughs> if we didn't, but you never know. I mean, it works pretty well for marketing and stuff like that, and it all it's nice to to raise the funds and engage interest and stuff like that. Um, so you guys got a lot of, uh, 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 pots on the stove there, it seems, and I'm always curious about this. How many people of the, what are you up to? 20, 25 employees there somewhere in that vicinity? We might be 27. Okay. How many are purely dedicated to pinball? Like that's their, their, they don't do any other projects. They're just pinball. Hmm. It's hard to answer because I feel like everyone kind of has a lot of a lot of jobs. Everyone switches around. <laughs> it just depends on the day. You guys need more employees. I think that's the answer. Um, <laughs> awesome. you, you've got space. I've seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I think the main thing is is that the, though for people to understand because there's always the. Oh no! What's going to happen to Farsight now? You guys are cranking. You're you're still kicking it. You've got plenty of yeah. uh, things that you're that you're working on. Um, you're, you guys are still checking out the forum and, and, and monitoring what's going on there. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, even during our um, our most popular time in Pimble Arcade, where everything was really busy, we still had side uh, uh, contract work that we're still working on. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that's what we do, and it seems like we have plenty of that. We're, we're going to be sticking around and, and I really hope that we really stay strong in pinball. And, uh, I'm one of the big advocates for it here because I've, <laughs> I've fallen in love with pinball because of Farsight. Right. And we have our own pinball league and many of us in the studio are very into pinball and, and 
it would be it would be very awesome if we continued and and um, really bring a lot of awesome tables out. Well, like I said, I, I I definitely hope that you guys dig in the reverse. Go go get some EMs of of Gottlieb, and then but certainly I want to see some of these new Sterns. Has there been any update on? I know that you guys were looking into being able to do the uh, the LCD screens that are on the the current the most new versions of Stern tables. Um, yeah. Has there been any forward motion on that, that you guys have uh, found that to be viable? Yes, I believe so. Okay, sweet. Um, all right, well, that's fantastic. And uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes out. And obviously, whenever anything new pinball-related comes up, drop us a line. We're happy to always have you on here, Mike. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And we're back from that. Okay. You might have heard some of my hesitation within that interview, and part of that becomes my experience with VR in general. Mm. So I don't, because I don't have it, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what is considered good VR, bad VR. Um, yeah. My perception is just as a complete newbie throwing on a headset for the first time. And to me, there are some inherent issues with VR that I don't know how you're going to get past, regardless of what the program is. Mm. Um, the, the first being putting on the headset, it gets hot in there real fast Yeah, um, sure. and it rests on your cheeks and kind of presses against, and that kind of gets, look, I can handle it for 10 minutes. I couldn't sit there for a marathon gaming an hour. No, I, I don't think I could do it. Um, the other thing is, and I don't like how you get into this whole little world and so long as you're holding the controller, your world is fine. If you put down the controller and then go to reach and try and find it, then you wind up knocking things over on desks as you fumble about trying to get it back in your grubby little hands, right? Yes. And then you have to lift up the headset to find it. And then when you put it back down, well, now you got to recalibrate where you are. It's, <laughs> it's I think just... that's why, you know, with the Oculus Rift and stuff, they have the little straps on the controllers so you can, like, let go of the controllers. Okay, so... Something. So we tried two different kinds of controllers. Um, my friend, they have these, I don't even know what they're called, but it's the Rift controllers. They look like yeah. uh, like what you would slide your hands into for a hockey pole or for a, a, a ski pole. Yes, yeah. And so it's two little grips that slide over your, your hands. And yes, you could put a wrist strap on there and, and be good. And actually, in the virtual environment, it shows you these things floating around. So it's, yeah, you can see them. You can actually, and you can actually grab them. And mm. it's accurate to where they are spatially. So that's oh, right, okay. But we were not able to get those to work within the Stern Pimble Arcade VR app. So we had to use so the basic controller. So the, the default controls that that are part of Oculus Rift would not work with the game. Well, here's the thing. Don't know. Because some people like a Deadflip did a uh, streaming session, a Twitch uh, stream, and mm -hmm. he was using them. So my friend may not have okay. had it configured correctly. Um, okay, well, if Deadflip have got them working, then I'd rely on that more. But... Right. So again, I, I can't comment on if that is, in fact, an issue with the game or not. It could have been... Sounds like got. it probably isn't. Um, I do know that if you go on Steam, uh, if you go on Steam, there is no controller profile available for pinball arcade you have to map your own essentially like you know how 
you can normally download or there's one already predefined in steam when you launch a game yeah like there's there's none available for for pinball arcade out of the box so that's something i actually brought up with them a while ago the fact that they should actually define mappings and actually make them you know like like zen do with theirs like you go in there and all the buttons have you know um the all the menu buttons either have a keyboard map or a controller map on yeah them. and um it works nicely that way but it doesn't on pinball arcade there, there's no nice you know when you when you would use a console like ps3 it has like little button button hints over all the menu items that you yes. can just quickly navigate into yeah they don't have that so that's um, something i need to fix i was gonna say because i don't have a problem if i plug in a 360 controller recognizes it and, and functions uh i have to use the ds for windows app if i want to use my playstation 4 controller mm. uh, which is my preferred controller for pinball yes um but uh one thing that does not work and this is rather annoying uh the r1l1 buttons are not your flipper buttons you got to use the triggers triggers, triggers mm. bad bad oh, i've been using triggers when i've been playing zen um because you get the the two-stage flip with yeah uh, but it's such a long throw that it's too much of a throw and it cramps my hand using triggers um whereas the buttons okay. are just it's, it's the short press um, yeah but anyway the, the, the point is is you can in zen you can alternate them back and forth within pinball arcade you can alternate them back and forth you can you know determine where they are you within can. the the spa vr it was l2 or l2 r2 only and oh, a lot right. of people are, are up in arms over that but um so then another issue is vr is very much custom to who is normally using it so my friend mm. had it set to his height, which was 6'2". I'm 5'10". So we had to adjust that. And then it was how close he had it set so that if you lean too far forward, all of a sudden a grid would show you that basically you're getting too close. And right. that's a parameter that you can set within it. Um, there's so really VR is tailored for one person and one person. It's only. tailored for one person, one person only. And it's also tailored for somebody who has had some experience fumbling about in VR. Somebody like me, I couldn't navigate anywhere just without being told, oh, you need to look over here. Okay, now you need to do this. And then it was a matter of, oh, now hit the B button. Well, What's I don't, the B button? I don't have the B button in front of me. Wait, let me lift up the headset. Oh, there it is. And oh, crap. Now I got to reset everything. <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> so. So there was there was that issue. Now within the spot app, my issue was that because with the push of a button, you can kind of like realign the camera. Well, if I was okay. standing full straight up and I pushed it, it had me apparently all of a sudden being seven feet tall and standing on top of the pinball machine. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, again, this could be where his sensor was set up. So Potentially, how, yeah. Right. It's like you're, you're taking out the uniformity of this kind of thing. And that plays havoc on the actual program that you're using then. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing was is that as soon as I'd stand there and I'd set my height and everything, the whole table would be offset to the right. And so I would then have to kind of like scooch myself back to make it centered. In Zen's VR, because we were playing both of them, boom, it was dead center every time. Hmm. So that was kind of kind of an oddity. I wound up having to kind of do this squat stance in order to get the table to somewhat where my height was. Mm. 
the other issue that I was having was that it looked like the whole table was sloping downward. I didn't experience that, and I mentioned it in the video. I didn't experience that when I was at Farsight. So again, it might be where the sensor is set, Potentially, more yeah. configurations. So those are the kind of things that it's like, it's hard to review a game when there's all these outside factors kind of yeah. at you. What I can, though, review, and what drives me nuts, because this was everything that I tried in VR, I'm sorry, but the resolution is not there. It's just not there. Right. It's a screen door effect. So you've got that or the, you can kind of see, you know, grid lines, if you will. Yeah. Um, yep. So you've got that being a, a, a factor. And then on top of that, any kind of text that you try and read, if you're looking at a pinball machine and you're looking at the inserts, I can't read a single one of them from where I'm standing. Now, apparently if I had a leaned way over at the, in, the instruction card and leaned really close, I would have been able to read it, but that makes no sense. I should be able to visually just look down and see it. Same thing with yeah. all the inserts on the on the table. It wasn't just a factor within Spa because then I threw in Zen VR. I was playing the Back to the Future table, and if you know down on the apron, they have the whole time machine uh, setup. You know, with the yes. three three banks of time. I could barely read those three things. So again, that was Rush. within that. Um, now. Obviously, I wear glasses, but I can see close. Yeah, right. So you would think that I'm perfectly fine wearing the headset and not having that be an issue. Uh, it's just... The other thing is you got to understand, I come from the camera world, and on the movie sets and the cameras that we use, it's a digital eyepiece that our camera operators look through. Mm. I'm used to what that eyepiece looks like, which is an OLED. It is... Very crisp. Very crisp, very sharp. We use it to see focus, folks. All and right. I'm talking about putting up circles of confusion, which are these kind of uh, uh, grid-like checker patterns. We have to be able to see that they're razor sharp. And we yeah. can do that through these eyepieces. There is not a chance in hell that you'd be able to do that with an Oculus headset. Um, and again, right. you're dealing with a price factor because you know an eyepiece on one of these cameras is probably 20 grand. <laughs> right, okay. So, <laughs> so there, there's, there's a cost your, factor. Your limitation right there. Right, but yeah. that's what I'm expecting to see. And it, my friend was like, oh, but you get used to it after about a half an hour. I'm sorry, that's way too long. And the problem is that the second I take off the headset, I'm back to seeing things the way that I expect them to see. And then I throw on the headset and now I'm like back into having to get used to things. Um, yeah. He threw on a movie for me, a 3D movie. And it was kind of fun because you could determine the screen, uh, you know, make it seem like you're th sitting in a movie theater with an 80-foot screen. Uh, you could curve the screen. You could make it flat. It was kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. But it still wasn't crisp. It was not Blu-ray crisp. It wasn't DVD crisp. It was standard definition crisp at best. Like 480p crisp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, again, unacceptable. I just, yeah. that's not what I want to see. So I, I know that there are a lot of VR fans out there. <laughs> I just don't know how you get past those fundamental issues. Um, I guess you just have to kind of learn to accept them and, and be like, no, I'm cool with that. Mm. The thing that I will say that is, look, seeing these tables in 3D is fantastic. And I get why people like it. Um, when we were playing Back to the Future, 
Back to the Future has this skill shot that I've never been able to figure out for the life of me. Yeah. I've I've I'm read the saying. instructions. I'm looking yeah. at it. I'm like, I don't understand what you want me to do. I see the thing in 3D and like that. I'm like, oh, that's what you wanted me to do. So tell us, tell us what you actually have to do to get that skill shot. Well, the problem is, is Doc Brown is blocking the very thing that you need to see for the skill shot. So right. when you launch, the ball is going into what's basically a half loop, mm -hmm. right? So the ball launches up and then plops onto the habit trail that rolls forward and goes through the outside of the table, which is funny because if you look at the outside of the table, there ain't no habit trail popping out there. So it yeah. goes into some phantom zone, which is kind of funny. Um, but right at the where that loop kind of drops down, there's another habit trail that goes sideways. So if you hit it just lightly enough, the ball will flop onto that and then roll onto the table. And that's the skill shot. If you hit the ball too far or too hard, it goes right past that little thing and then rolls down the rest of the way. Right. In 3D, I saw it and I went, oh, oh, I get it. I completely understand. Right. In 2D, I had no idea that was even there. Yeah, me neither. I was going, I don't know how to get the skill shot on this table, right. so I just ignore right. it. So that's, that's the kind of thing that is, I get why people love pinball in VR. Mm. Um, the Frankenstein table, which is an ugly table to begin with, looked so much better with everything spread out. It's like mm -hmm. things can breathe. You understand the spacing of where everything was. Um, yeah, right. You know, it, it's one of those things where I just, I wish that they would still offer these things in 3D. So that just, you could just, just standard glasses, let's 3D. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would. Uh, I know that that's the trend to getting, you know, everybody's gotten away from it, but it would be it, nice to be able it to was do inexpensive. That. It was uh, accessible to everyone with a, a TV that had 3D capability on it. Yeah. And yeah. And I just, would certainly rather put on a pair of 3D glasses and play then put on a whole VR headset that I can't see anything else that shuts me off from the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing, that's the thing that really troubles me about VR and the fact that you are completely isolated from the outside world. And yes, that's what virtual reality is about. I get it. But if you are trying to sell this in a family environment, you go, oh, hey, honey, I'm just going to go and play visual pinball See you later. I won't be able to hear you or see you or talk to you or interact right. with you. Right. And when you want my attention, you're going to tap me on the shoulder and I'm going to freak out because yeah, I have no way, no way of exactly. knowing you are going, you know, anywhere near here. And I'm in a foreign world. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to. That's VR appears to be a bachelor, a bachelor or bachelor, bachelorette uh, thing only. Yes. Unless you have a very understanding partner. So, yeah. I I just can't. I can't. I see him playing at work, Chris. Like. We got two VR Oculus Rifts at work, and they just they're just there, and you can just go and step up through and put it on and play, you know, whatever you like in VR. But every single time I see someone doing it, it just it just looks strange, <laughs> and you see them you see them bashing into walls because mm -hmm. they they actually walk into the area and they haven't got the area fenced off because there again you have to define your area based on your size and your head perspective and all that. And you just, you see them just like walking up the things, you know, you're about to punch that glass whiteboard, mate, when you're <laughs> trying to, you know, play, um, I forget that, that one, uh, that's really popular at the moment with all the, um, the wireframe characters. Um, um, I forget. Anyhow, doesn't matter. It's beside the point. The, the point is, it's just, I just can't, you have to have almost like a, a theater room that you set up your VR in. 
Yeah. So it works because it's, it's just. My, my buddy had a good point too because he's like, I really want to love VR. And this is a, not the friend that I went over to, but a, a different guy. And, yeah. Uh, this is a guy whose setup is a 40 inch 4K monitor on his desktop surrounded by two uh, 20 inch uh, on each side 1080p monitors so that everything is the exact same resolution. He can drag things from one screen to the other. This is just right. what is on his desktop, right? right. Um, okay. So he's, he's totally the person that would be love, would really would love to do VR. But as he was pointing out, he goes, you know, if I'm playing a first person shooter game, he goes, anybody that actually has shot real rifles, you, you know, how you hold a rifle, how you hold it up and, and sight down the line. You can't do that in VR because either the device you're using is going to bump into the, the headset or nobody's made the device. You know, you're now going to have this specialized gun or, okay, fine. Maybe you can do it using the handsets, but now you don't have the weight. You don't have the same form factor. He's just like breaking that fourth wall. Like yeah. it's, it's VR, but it's still VR 3.5. Right. He goes, he goes, he goes, instead of we're working great for a Star Trek game where everybody fires from the hip anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. Or Star Wars, where, you know, all the stormtroopers are just like firing wherever it doesn't matter. They just right. hold the backwards, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sold on the VR. I, I think that the idea that Arcuda had for their cabinet, for their virtual cabinet, um, with Where the, actually the, the Parallax 3D, much better that's, implementation. That's the winner right there for me. I, pinball, I would at least be on that. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the the other, yeah, putting on a headset, I I think it would be marginally okay from a I guess a usability perspective. I'm thinking of the interface perspective. If you were to make your pin sim controller and then implement VR in the constraints of that sort of... Um, sure, because then my hands have muscle memory for yes. what is in front of me, and what is in front of me kind of simulates what I'm actually experiencing on screen. That's right. If I have a standard base that I'm standing at. If I set that base to the exact same distance from the cameras every single time, then that whole it's experience of... Yeah, it's consistency of the setup. That would all... It, Coalesce. That's right. And I think that's that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really is. Um, so, yeah, uh, sounds like we don't like VR. <laughs> so, yeah, we just made a whole lot of new enemies. That's fine. We're used to it here at the Black Ape Inball podcast. You know, folks, we, we, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we want to know, know what you think. Are we way off base? Do you, uh, are these what are we doing factors? Wrong, basically? Yeah, are these foreign factors that you have had to... Uh, uh, just accept, or do you know something that I don't? Um, and hey, what did you think about uh, what Mike talked about in the interview? Let us know. Give us your comments. These are the kind of things that we can uh, then talk about next uh, next time. Mm. Uh, just your responses, all responses, what we all think about what's going on here with that. That would be all groovy. You can do that really easily. I've had people contact me in any number of different ways. So the first and most assured way is to send us an email at blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. If you want to contact us via Twitter, you can send a message with, uh, by just going at blockade, or you can send one directly to myself or Jared. I am at shut your traps. He is at Jared Morgs. 
you can find me on digital pinball fans and send a private message that way. If need be, um, I don't recommend that one cause it's kind of a pain in the butt for me to <laughs> get yeah. in there and navigate. And plus the mailbox fills up rather fast, but, uh, you can even do it that way. Um, well, that's how I was. Oh uh, yeah. You can contact us by steam. If you, uh, see us, see us on there. That's another way that you can do it uh, via chat. So there's all manner of ways of doing that. That's how Tim contacted me and, uh, asked for my address and wound up sending me the, the buttons. So again, Tim, thanks. That was really, really awesome. Legendary. Um, yeah, that was, that was quite generous. And, uh, you know, Hey folks, if there's any of, but if there's anybody out there that has pinball flippers with the leaf springs that you don't feel the need to use, if they're slightly nasty, if they're just lying there collecting dust, I will happily take those and please get in, get in contact with me and uh that would be awesome i would love that kind of uh thing any of the cast offs that you don't need for that i can use towards building the uh the micro cab as i'm calling it uh please let me know i'd love to take anything that you have and uh it would be a pleasant donation put it that way mm. something i can't even believe we forgot about this jared what's that our t-shirts uh, yeah and it's not just our t-shirts, folks. We have t-shirts, we have mugs, we have phone cases, we have iPad and your tablet cases. We have stickers, if you feel like that. It's not just t-shirts either way. You can have baseball shirts, you can have hoodies, you can have a sweatshirt, you can have tank tops. There is a myriad of different things with the two, uh, I'm calling it the simple logo and the full circle logo, if you will, of our uh, of the blockade. Um, one has the the corona, if you will, around the blockade name. The other one is just a blockade symbol. Mm. Go to redbubble.com, search blockade. Now, when you first do a search, maybe two items are going to pop up. Click on that item. You're then going to be able to uh, select more like this. And that's when you're going to find a myriad of things. You can pick the color of your shirts. You can pick the quality of your shirts. Um, mm. I think the prices on the shirts start at I think 19, somewhere around that uh, vicinity. Yeah. And then the, based on the quality of the shirt that you are buying, prices go up. Uh, I think hoodies are the most expensive, obviously. Yeah. Uh, of everything. Um, I don't know. Shall we talk about the dry run that I did? Because Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I did a dry run to test out the, the like basically how the shirts look. Because we, we didn't want to say, hey, look at these shirts. And then people start buying and go, these are really crap, guys. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> So I thought, no, I'll take one for the team, and I'll order. I'll order a couple of different varieties. So I ordered the the heavy cotton version, which is like the standard sort of t-shirt that's with slightly heavier cotton, and I ordered the other one, which was like the um, the the heathered colours. So the um, the colours with a bit of sort of fleck in them. Okay. And um, so I ordered the um, sort of like a, a heather red colour um, of the the blockade square and a, a green um regular heavy tea um of the uh the blockade round and i think for me if i was going to get them i'd probably go with the, the the heathered colors i found for me in my body size i think the 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 sort of standard tea size it didn't really fit me quite as well was it a slim fit no, no, it wasn't slim. It, oh, was, it okay. was just sort of didn't have the right cut for me. Oh, okay. It didn't sort of like 
it, it just sort of was a bag. It felt like a bit of a bag on me. Oh, but okay. Again, this is a problem with t-shirts and buying clothing right online because you don't know until you yeah. actually get it. But for me, I found that the heather colors, because they are more of a contoured fit, I wouldn't really say they're slim. Um, the, the recommendation, I think, is uh, they say if you like a looser fit, go for a size up. But I did that with one of the other shirts that I got through Redbubble, and um, it was just too big for me. So I don't really think you need to actually go a size up if you're doing it. So uh, for me, it was XL, and XL was was perfectly fine for, for my body size. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I really the the quality of the print is good. It's nice and crisp. Um, the logo looked good um, on the t-shirt, which is why we're going ahead with it. Um, and I tell you what, the turnaround time of these things was so quick. I ordered it on Friday, and I think they had them printed on Monday, and they were to me by Wednesday. Yeah. So See, this is different than what we were doing with uh, the Represent site, which mm. basically was collecting a bunch of orders. And then batching after, them, printing them. Yeah, and then actually printing them like I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or maybe a month. Every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um whereas this it's to your order as soon as you put yeah, it in. And online. not only that, but it does local printing, so the shipping costs aren't outrageous. Yeah, so these were printed somewhere in Australia for me, and that's why the turnaround time was so fast on them. Yeah. So, and if I ordered them, they're going to be printed in the US and more than likely they're going to be printed near me in the United States. Same thing yeah. if I order in Europe, they have facilities in Europe. So it should save on both time and the shipping cost. Uh, yeah. The thing that was really killing us with the re- with the uh, represent um, service was the shipping was almost as much as the shirts. I know that really turned off a lot yeah. of folks when they were trying to order. It turned off me. I went, oh, geez, I, I guess I have to order one of these shirts. But it was it was a real punishment because you know it was a good amount of shipping involved. Yeah, but you shouldn't have that problem with this, and you can actually order a number of different things from the portfolio. In fact, that's what I found when I was using the site. Uh, like Chris was saying, you go and search for Blackade, but then you go to the portfolio tab um, on the site, and that's where you get all the different option types. Um, so try that out. Go to the portfolio tab, and you'll see all the different varieties that we got there. But um, yeah, I'll be ordering stickers, I think, next and probably another uh, heathered shirt in a couple of different colors. The color range is really huge. They've got a really good selection of colors. Um, So you don't have to just go for black or gray. There's green, there's pink, there's all different sorts of colors. And we allow you the option to either pick the logo in black or to pick it in white again, so that if you're doing picking a black shirt, you're going to want the white logo. If you're picking a white shirt, Mm. you're going to want the black logo. Um, It's it's all- We try to make it really, really flexible in what you get. So yeah. yeah, you don't just have to get shirts. You can get cups, whatever you want. So, yeah. So yeah, again, go. if you want to uh, support the show, um, we get a small cut <laughs> mm. from this, uh, and that all goes to benefiting uh, us being able to host our sites and uh, you know hopefully improve things like the YouTube video if we <laughs> find programs and stuff of that nature. So um, yeah. it's not just me and Jared pocketing money. We're not doing that at all. It's all. No, no. Like, it's all like dumping right fund. back into the show. Yeah, it's like a it's like a trust fund for the show. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so uh, again, Redbubble.com, and we'll be that'll be posted in the show notes. Yeah, I'm going to be updating my signature on Digital Pinball Fans uh, to to have, have that too. If at some point you guys are like, but I like the old logo because you know all six of you bought one, um, let us know. We can do a we'll, vintage. We'll yeah, do a vintage, vintage run. version. <laughs> Put that up there too, but not right now. Um, okay, yeah. that's plenty, plenty, plenty of us talking. Uh, again, 
Let us know what you th uh, thought of the interview with Mike. Uh, give us some feedback, and we'll have a discussion about that next week. Make sure that you go ahead and uh, pony up some dollars for Zen's William Williams collection because it's well worth it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it from us. We will talk to you again next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you later. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.